Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pinion. I'm bringing you today's word for September 18th, 2018. I'm teaching a series entitled Standing on a Word from God, and this is part 15. Standing on a word from God. You get a, a word from God. In Matthew 4 and 4, Jesus said, Man shall not live by bread only, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We are called and commanded to walk and live by faith, and we are living by the word, by what God speaks to us. So this is part 15 of the series. I'm calling it Tested Faith. Yesterday, I introduced you to something in Genesis chapter 22. I want to go back to it today talking about tested faith. Your faith must be, will be tested. So Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 through 5, this is what the Bible says. After these things, God decided to test Abraham's faith. God said to Abraham, Abraham, he said, yes, Lord. He said, okay, take your son to the land of Moriah and kill your son there as a sacrifice for me. Now, this must be Isaac, your only son, the one you love. Use him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains there. I'm going to tell you which mountain. So the very next morning, I'm talking about faith, obedience. The very next morning, Abraham got up, saddled his donkey. He took Isaac. He said, hey, son, come with me. Two of his servants. He said, let's go. Let's cut up some wood for the sacrifice. I got to get this thing ready. I don't know what God is doing, but God is doing something and I'm ready to do whatever he's doing. I don't have all the answers. I don't know how God is going to work this thing out, but let's cut up the wood. Let's get, let's go towards Mount Moriah. And they went to the place that God told them to go. And after they traveled for three days, he looked up and the Lord revealed it to him. He knew it in his heart. It was through discernment. That's the place that God wants me to worship. So he said to his servants, you guys stay here. This is what's going to happen. Me and my son, we're going to go up to the mountain and worship and we're going to come back. Glory to God. He said, me and the boy, we are going up and me and the boy, we're coming back. Now, I don't know how this thing is going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen up there. I know God wants me to kill him. God wants me to sacrifice him. I don't know. God I guess God is going to raise him back up from the dead. Maybe he'll be there in the fire and the fire won't lick him up. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. But what I do know is I have to do what God told me to do. Even when I don't know how it's going to happen. This is the life of faith. This is why Abraham was called the father of faith. Your faith must be tested. So what does this mean to you today? Uh, on this morning, this Tuesday morning, uh, I, I'm going to seek to glean a few nuggets from this text, from this passage. And actually, we're going to deal with this for a few days. But for this morning, I have three things to share with you. And let's get into it. Three things. Here we go. You ready? Open up your heart now to hear what God is saying. Number one, your faith will be tested. Look at me. Look at me. Your faith, if you're a believer, if you, if you say that you live by faith, that you are the just and the just live by faith, your faith will be tested. The Bible says that after all these things, God decided to test Abraham's faith. God decided to test his faith. The Bible calls Abraham the father of faith. He had to believe God. Now watch this. Look how, how uh, awesome it was for Abraham. I, I mean, like he's the father of faith for real. He had to believe God without a Bible. To read. So without any of the 66 books of the Bible, without a pastor to listen to. So he had no, no Sunday morning worship. He had no Wednesday evening Bible study. None of that. He didn't have a pastor to counsel with. He didn't have somebody that he didn't have fellow believers to build him up and not tear him down, to be there with the fellowship of the saints. He didn't have any of that. He didn't have a praise and worship team. He didn't have a choir to sing him happy. He had none of that. He had to believe God. He had to believe in a God that he could not see when everybody else was worshiping idols. And he had to believe that this God that he could not see would show up in his life in a way that he could see. He 
believed God. And you would think that after 42 years of walking with God, after he waited 25 years for the baby to come, and after 42 years, the baby is now 17 years old. He's a young man. We're talking about 42 years of walking with God. Abraham got called out of Ur, the land uh, Ur of the Chaldeans, right? He left the land of Ur when he was 75 years old. And now in this text, he's 117 years old. So you would think that 42 years later, God would be like, all right, that's cool. But after 42 years, he's 117 years old. God says, or the Bible says, God decided to test his faith. God decided to test his faith after he had been walking with God for 42 years. Now, think about that. If Abraham's faith was tested after 42 years and he was 117 years old, then doggone it, your faith is going to be tested too. My faith is going to be tested too. God will put you in situations where your faith is going to be tested. But we got to remember that we're going to come out on the other side of the test with faith that is strong, with faith that is unwavering so that we can be unmovable, so that we can be like Mount Zion. What do we know? The Bible says, they that trust in the Lord shall be like Mount Zion. Well, what do we know about Mount Zion? Well, we know it ain't going nowhere. We can just, you know, we're going to stand having done all to stand. And when we don't feel like we can stand, we'll stand some more by the power of God, because we're believers, not doubters. We walk by faith and not by fear. Our faith will be tested and we must be ready for the test. Number two, never allow a blessing to become an idol. Never. So you've been asking for a house, God gives you the house, and now you're not going to church because you're doing stuff around the house. You, you've been asking for a car, God gives you the car, and instead of going to church, you're washing your car. So now you ask for something and you thought it was a blessing, you allowed the blessing to become an idol. Never allow anything to take the place of God. The, the Bible says, God said, take your son, the son I gave you to the land of Moriah and kill him there. Give him back to me as a sacrifice. And this must be Isaac. It, this is the son that you love. You shouldn't allow anyone or anything in your life to take the place of God. No one or no thing in your life can have God's place. God's place is number one, period. Now, even when it comes to like marriage, like marriage, for your marriage to work, God has to be first, your spouse second. If you put your spouse in ahead of God, your marriage is not going to work. Nothing can be ahead of God. Your, your job obviously can't be ahead of God. Your church, right? Even some people get confused and they, and they get so busy doing the work of the church that they fail to, to do the work of the church. And so, so no, their priorities are out of order. God has to be number one point blank, period. God will bless you. Uh, but he wants to know that whatever he blesses you with is not going to become an idol. If you have anything in your life that you have placed above God and that you are now not doing what God tells you to do because of something or someone, then that something or that someone has become an idol to you because you have mismanaged your priorities. God wanted Abraham to prove his confidence. In, in God to the point where he was like, listen, you gave me this boy. I don't know what you're doing. You're telling me to burn him up. You're telling me to kill him as a sacrifice. I don't understand what's going on. But I know that the same God who gave me Isaac is going to keep Isaac. The same God who gave me the son is going to protect this boy. I'm going to do what you tell me to do with the son that you gave. You gave me the son. So you'll give me another one if that's what it takes. But I don't know. All I know is that me and the boy are going up and me and the boy are coming back. I don't have all the answers, but I'm walking and living by faith. God didn't explain it all to me, but I'm walking and living by faith. What I refuse to do is not do what God tells me to do. I am going to do what God tells me to do when I, even when I don't understand it, even when I don't have all the answers. I am walking and living by faith and not by sight. And that's how we're called to live. And then number three, and finally, three points today. Faith requires you to act 
based on a reality that cannot be validated with your senses. So Abraham had to believe God and he could not validate what God was saying with his senses. Hebrews 11 and 1. Let me read for you Hebrews 11 and 1 from the New International Version and from the Amplified Bible. Listen to what the Bible says. This is the writer of Hebrews explaining what faith is. So in Hebrews 11 and 1, New International Version, the Bible says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about we, what we do not see. So it's about confidence. It's about assurance. It's about being confident. It's about being convinced. It's about being assured that what God said is going to come to pass, even though I can't see it, even though I can't validate it with my physical eyes. I believe that God is going to do what he said he's going to do, even though I can't validate it with my ears, even though I can't touch it with my hands. I believe that God is and I'm expressing my confidence by action. And so I'm acting, I'm, I'm, I'm making decisions and I'm performing actions based on what I believe God said, even though I can't validate it with my senses. The Amplified Bible says, says it this way and explains it a little better. It says now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things that we hope for being proof of the things that we do not see and the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. So when God says something to me, God says something to you, God says something to Abraham, we have to believe and perceive it as real fact, even though we cannot validate it with our senses. So now we're making decisions and performing actions based on what God revealed. And we believe that what God revealed, we're accepting it as fact, like it's already done, even though we cannot validate it with our senses. So if you can validate, let me explain what I mean. So you are a spirit and you live in a, in a body and you have a soul, right? So you are a spirit, you have a soul. Your soul is where your mind, your emotions, and your will are. And your spirit and your soul live in this body. So this body is how we communicate with this world. So if you went to space, you would need a space suit. We're in the earth, so we have an earth suit. So in the, we're, we live in an earth suit right now. And in this earth suit, we communicate with this planet through our five physical senses. But God is a spirit. So God doesn't communicate with us through our five physical senses. Five physical senses is how we communicate with this world. God is a spirit. So he communicates with us spirit to spirit. So he doesn't, when he says something, we can't, can't validate it with our senses. We can only validate it with the spirit. So God will tell us to do something and we have to believe and we have to receive it and we have to perform it and launch out in faith for it, even though we cannot validate it with our five physical senses, even though we don't have any sense realm evidence to support it. So when you're doing what God told you to do without any physical uh, senses or sense realm evidence to support it, uh, people will say that you are acting illogical or unreasonable, right? I'm like, that doesn't make sense. Well, it doesn't have to make sense because when we can validate something with our senses or five physical senses, we say, oh yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. What you're saying is that's logical. That's reasonable. That's in accordance with this world. That's something that I can validate down here. That's something that I can prove. But when God tells you to do something, it's something that you can't prove with your senses. It's something that you can't prove out with an equation. It's something that you can't prove out with science. It's something that you just have to believe. So it, it seems illogical. It seems um, unreasonable. It seems nonsensical, but God is a spirit. So he's not sensual. He is spiritual. He's not communicating with us in our senses. He's communicating with us in our spirit. So we have to believe God in our spirit and then go do what God tells us to do. Even when it looks like to other people that we're acting crazy or illogical or unreasonable, fine. They can have their opinions. We believe God. 
And we're going to do what God tells us to do, even when we can't validate what we're doing with sense realm evidence. This is the life of faith. This is how we're called to live. And we got to know that our faith will be tested because God wants to know, are you willing to do that? Even when it looks like you're acting crazy, even when it doesn't make any sense at the risk of looking foolish, will you do what I say? Oh, glory to God. We have to do what God tells us to do, even at the risk of looking foolish. Our faith will be tested. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to repeat after me now in faith from a believing heart. But let me say this. If you don't really understand faith or how faith works, and of course, I'm not going to explain it in 10 minutes. But, but what I just said gives you an understanding, a better a, a glimpse of how faith functions and how it works. If you've never heard this before, you need to watch this video more than once. You need to get this down in your heart. God has called us to walk and live by faith. And that means that we can't validate everything with this earth suit. No, we have to validate it in our heart by God's spirit. Now, so declare this over your life. Say this. Say, Father, this is a season of expectation for me. I expect that you will do everything you said you would do in my life. I expect this by faith. I express my confidence in the unseen by doing what you tell me to do, even when I have no sense realm evidence to support my decisions or actions. I am committed to living by faith, even when it means <laughs> that I seem unreasonable or illogical. I'm not moved by what my senses are telling me. I'm only moved by what you say. I declare this by faith in Jesus name. Amen. This is today's word. Apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, go to todaysword.org. There's a subscribe button on the right hand side of the website. Click that button and sign up. Get the email. You're going to get the email messages from me on a daily basis. I thank you for allowing me to speak into your life as you head into this day, as you prepare for this day. Remember, you have you are called and commanded to walk and live by faith and your faith is going to be tested. God is a spirit. So he does. He's not. He doesn't have to make sense. He's not sensual. He is spiritual. And we have to accept what he said, what he tells us to do, and then launch out even when we have no central evidence to support it. Do me a favor. Before you leave the screen, share this message with someone that you know. And remember, you are the just. And the just shall live by faith. God bless you.